0: Praise the Lord. I appreciate uh, Word Sunday morning, Sunday night. I appreciate uh, you being here. I am been teaching in the book of 1 John about <clears throat> the mysteries of 1 John. And um, I was... Um, looking at those and uh, some of those are fellowship, some of those are abiding some of them are divine seed uh, to name some of those mysteries that John talks about and it began to spur my thinking about um, a message that I don't know that I've ever approached this way or preached this way or taught this way um, using a word that we often use that in, in one small sliver of its meaning and that is the word oneness. How many of you ever heard of the word oneness? How many of you ever heard somebody say, I think you're oneness or you're oneness as if that's a slam to be oneness uh, <clears throat> and most of the time when we talk about oneness, I'll put it in quotes, we, people are talking about the method of baptism and um, they are wanting to try to differentiate between the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, 19 where Jesus gave a command, "Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, as opposed to the numerous examples in the book of Acts and other references in Colossians and Corinthians, et cetera, et cetera where the disciples talked about baptizing in the name of Jesus or the name of the Lord Jesus. And I want you to understand that um, I am not going to talk about that at all tonight because we have Bible studies. I can go through all of that. I can give you those verses probably Most of you in here can go through the verses, can go through the examples in Acts, can go through the seal of the covenant, the circumcision, the circumcision of the heart, on and on and on and on in the doctrine of baptisms. And that's a great study. If you don't know about it, please see me after church and say, Pastor, I want to learn about the doctrine of baptisms and what that means and what the controversy is all about and explain it to me. I have someone that I need to explain it to. And I met with Brother Carter and Sister Jessica and there's a a man, young man that works with Brother Carter that has, they've been having sort of an ongoing debate about baptism specifically. And this has uh, my use of the phrase, the oneness is not um, at all related to that, but it's related to something that I said to my Monday night class, uh, because it's vital for you to recognize oneness was an amazingly new, unheard of concept until St. John the 14th chapter. And it was never, never, never discussed. There were a few um, um, references uh, that David made about dwelling in the house of the Lord and some of those things, living in the house of the Lord. But when you study the Old Testament, the temple, or the let's go before that, the tabernacle, was never a place for them to go and sit like we're sitting here tonight. The tabernacle was not designed to hold the people. The tabernacle was in no way designed uh, for them in any shape or form to go to church in the tabernacle. It was a very small little tent. And if there were 2 million or if there were 100,000, if there were more than 50 people, they wouldn't have fit in the tabernacle. It was a small tent. It wasn't. They didn't go, sing, clap, raise their hands, worship. They didn't go. They went as far as the brazen altar. They dropped off their sacrifice. They would maybe eat it there. And if it was a a burnt offering or a peace offering or some of the sacrifices that they could eat, but they never went to church, okay? They saw the Shekinah, they saw the pillar of fire, but they never were able to approach that. Now, temple, same thing. Bigger building, but was not a worship center, Now, they would go to the synagogues, which were sort of like we would say our churches today, and they would study, but there was no sense that that was where the presence of God was. It was a place where you learned about what the Bible said, or the Torah said, or the prophets said, but you didn't go there to (coughs) worship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, when you consider that none of that, the Old Testament, Abraham offered sacrifices and he cut them, divided them, and he walked through the middle of them. And the Bible describes it as a lamp walked with him, okay? There is no reference to Abraham, you can be in this fire and this fire can be in you. Not there, fire walked beside him, wasn't in him. There was never a concept of oneness until Jesus began to talk about, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he would say things like, abide in me. Let my words abide in you. And then the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead Dwell in you. And so, a whole shift of an understanding that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple of God and bringing about a sense of oneness. Ephesians, the first chapter, and there's a lot of verses in Ephesians, and I'll try to read some of them because it is where Paul begins to describe <clears throat> what the church meant to. Uh, This new concept. The church encapsulated it. He said, and hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the what? Church. Church. Everybody say church. church. And the church, which is his body. And then it uses a word, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So the church is the fullness of Christ. Now that's a a huge, huge statement. Because that word fullness is the same word that in him dwelleth all the FULLNESS OF THE Godhead BODILY. SO HE DIDN'T SAY YOU AS AN INDIVIDUAL, BUT WHEN WE COME TOGETHER IN ONENESS, WHEN WE COME TOGETHER IN ONENESS (laughs) AS A CHURCH, THEN ALL OF A SUDDEN WE BECOME THE FULLNESS OF JESUS. Now, and I know a lot of people immediately go, well, you don't have to go to church to be part of the church. I'm the body, the temple, of the Holy Ghost. But there was a whole lot of verses that talk about the church collectively. And I'll talk to you later about it, but you know, how come we have Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterian and Pentecostal and we don't just have one flavor of Pentecostal? You have six flavors of Pentecostal. You don't have just one flavor of Baptist, but you have 12 flavors of Baptist, Huh? Methodists, and I go through. Good to see Brother Mike here. Hallelujah. Sorry, Brother Mike. Britton, I hadn't seen you. It's good to see you. <coughs> Went through some testing on his heart and everything. Hallelujah. Good to have you here. And I need to see you after church, Sister Melissa, while I'm thinking about all these people over there. I'm, I'm going to just get all four or five of you over there. No, no, no. <laughs> the point is that there is, a, there is something about the fullness, okay, Now, if you go back in this first chapter, back to the 10th verse, you'll see that word again where it says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things, all things where? In Christ. So this was the dispensation of the fullness of times, both of which are in heaven and earth, even in him. And so he's saying that, yes, that we are right now all in Christ, and one time he's going to gather it all together into one big oneness. All right? That's why I told you I hadn't really talked about it like that. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if we go over to the third chapter, a lot of great verses in the third chapter. Starting at the eighth verse, it says... Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach unto the Gentiles, among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. To make all men see what is the fellowship, was a word that I used in my Bible study in 1 John, the fellowship of the mystery. When was this started? When did this oneness idea begin that should be in a church? What did Paul say? Which was from the beginning of the world was hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So in other words, when the Lord made Adam and Eve, his plan was to have a relationship with mankind, a church, a body that he could walk with in be in being the presence of and we could be in his presence. And yet none of that sort of came out throughout creation. And then man got messed up from Cain and Abel, from Adam and Eve, from All of that until the wickedness was so strong that he basically destroyed the world with a flood. Saved how many people? Eight. Eight. Out of one family, one boat, one. And they started multiplying and growing and yet... It was bad, wicked. Even Abraham was worshiping idols. They lost their connection with God. And so he called Abraham, one man, said, Leave them. Later, Isaac, Jacob, 12 sons, one family, one, one, one nation. One, all the way, fast forward through all the judgments up to the point, the kings, all of this to Jesus, and then it says, now is maintained this fellowship of this mystery. Verse 10, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known, might be known by the church, by the what? By the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Why? Because when you see me, you are supposed to be seeing a part of the body of Jesus. Right? If the church is the manifestation of his body, so when Satan killed Jesus, what he didn't realize is he was opening the door for the church that we could have his spirit and that we could be in oneness with him. All right, let's keep reading. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have, what is it? Boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So, when you feel all alone, when you feel, I don't know what's going on, uh, I'm overwhelmed, I don't know if I'm going to be able wait a minute, who am I? Think about it. I'm part of the body of Jesus. Was Jesus' big toe saying, I'm not sure I can walk on this water? I don't think I can make it, right? Did his left hand go, oh man, turning water into wine, I'm not there. Huh? We're part of the oneness. Jump down to the 16th verse, same chapter, that he would grant you. (laughs) You can read the whole chapter according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. How? By his spirit, where? The inner, the inner man, keep going, that Christ may live in your hearts by faith, being rooted and grounded in what? Love, let me tell you something, it takes a lot of love, to be like Christ. <laughs> huh? It takes a lot of grace, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of mercy. You know, when I get somebody that can't drive in front of me, it takes a lot of grace My wife makes sure I have one of those CAC stickers on my back of my car. She said, don't forget they know who you are. <laughs> I pray that the sun bleaches it out. <laughs> you gotta be rooted and grounded where? In love to be part of the oneness. All right, keep going. Maybe that's not for y'all. You may be able to comprehend with all saints, not by yourself, but let me tell you, it's when you get with people that you think, boy, I need some more of this. (laughs) I need more. (laughs) I need more. more. The breadth, the length. The depth, the height. Keep going. And to know the. Stay full of the love to stay part of the oneness. Huh? Now you say, Pastor, I'm overwhelmed already. I'm not part of the oneness. No, we are part of the oneness. It's just that we we got to keep remembering, I got to stay in the spirit world. Stay full of the love of God. Passes all knowledge that you may be filled. What does he say now? That you may be filled with the Oh, wait a minute. I got one little thimble full of the Holy Ghost back in 44, and I don't need any more. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to make it in this hour, you are going to have to stay full of the oneness, okay, so that we can have the fullness of God. You say, well, Pastor, I, I thought that if I just came to church on Sunday morning, okay, well, bless your heart. I, I wish that was all that you needed. But guess what the next verse says? Now unto him that is able. I can't do it. No, you can't. But let me tell you who can do it. Him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, How? According to the power that works in us. So when I start letting, stirring up the fullness, stirring up that gift, stirring up the presence of God, what am I doing that for? Because i got to get back into harmony and into oneness with the presence of God, with the Spirit of God, with the touch of the Lord. Because they done made me mad. They done hurt my feelings. They done they think? Huh? Next verse, last verse of that chapter says it like this, unto him be glory, where? In the church by Jesus Christ. What, What are you saying? I want to tell you that when you understand that the church was in the plan or the mind of God, from the beginning of the world and that we collectively should experience the fullness of God, what happens then is you begin to recognize when you are stepping out of that and, and you feel the Holy Ghost saying, come on, get plugged back in, get full of the Holy Ghost, come on. It's not because, you say, oh, I, you don't understand. Are you saying you have to do, I'm telling you, you need the Holy Ghost flowing through you to be connected to the body, to be full of him, to do what... Fourth chapter, I've got to hurry. Fourth chapter, because i got a long way to go to be like the Lord and to get through with this lesson. Fourth chapter, first verse, therefore a prisoner of the Lord, so basically Paul's response to this is, I'm in jail. I'm in Jesus' jail. Now, that's a great witnessing tool. Shake somebody's hand, hey, I'd like to invite you to be thrown in jail with Jesus. Ah, oh, nobody wants that. What are you talking about? Jesus' is jail. But let me tell you, that's how Paul looked at it. Now, he was in a real prison, but he said, I'm also, I am, this real prison doesn't count. I am a prisoner of the Lord. And it's supposed to impact the way you walk because you've been called out of darkness. And you say, well, are you saying that I have to do this if I serve the Lord and I have to? The question of have to is it's again part of the body. I would hate to think that every morning I had to convince my left hand, my right hand, my foot, my heart, my liver, my lungs, come on, go with me today. We're gonna go down, teach the grandkids, Come on, lungs, we, I need you too. I didn't thank you yesterday. I'm so sorry. Huh? Now maybe y'all have to go through your all your organs like that every morning. I just get up and say, y'all coming with me. My feet go, no, we're tired. We're staying right here in the bed. I mean, there have been a lot of times they've tried to tell that to my brain. But they don't hop off because we're in oneness. Huh? Now, oh, the older I get, the more they scream. Huh? Oh, my knee, ah, my back. Hush up. Come on. We got to get out of here. Throw that left foot over the bed. Huh? You don't spit, and and yet, I don't, uh, I'm going to go there because it's just us. I wish I hadn't had that thought. But I wonder sometimes in church how many people are really understanding the concept of oneness that you don't have to, you know, please heart, won't you come beat today? Hello? I shouldn't have to beg my hands to be with me today? Huh? Quiet. It's okay. Let's just keep reading. He's a prisoner of the Lord. It's not about what I think, it's about what he thinks. All right. How should you walk with all lowliness and, next verse, and meekness with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the oneness of the Spirit, how in the bond of peace. Did you know what they said about you? I can't believe pastor didn't even call and, and ask prayer for you. I can't believe, I, I knew something was up. He didn't like you. Endeavoring to keep the unity. huh? Give me a break, are you part of this body? That's like all of a sudden, you know, waking up and I know we're 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 an amalgamation of different people. I guess we're like Frankenstein, different body parts. But we're supposed to come together in unity. Right? To the intent, now, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Unity of spirit and the bond of peace, verse 4. There is, what? One body, one body. everybody say oneness. One. <laughs> one spirit, everybody say oneness. <laughs> Even as you are called in. <laughs> oneness, one hope of his calling. One Lord, one, Lord. one thing. Do you think the Lord is interested in oneness? One God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all. And who? Don't tell me what you can and can't do if you're part of the oneness This one God is in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, he that ascended on high, led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. He that descended, now he that ascended is also he that descended, first in the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same as he that ascended, that he might fill He is wanting a collective oneness. And when we get to heaven, it is one city, the new Jerusalem. And then it tells, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For what? Why did he give those gifts? For the what? Perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the church, the body of Christ. Till we all come to the oneness of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a... Perfect man under the measure of the stature of the. There's that word again. So when you realize that this concept was brand new, never had they thought about being one with God. The Greeks didn't think about it. You know, Go to Zeus and go up a hill, and you know, um, whatever. He's way up on the hill, and somebody and God is this, and God is that. And some of their gods had human like qualities, but there was never a sense of we become one with them. Romans, same thing. We don't become one with them. This concept was this mystery that had been hidden. Paul said it in Colossians. Same thing, I'm giving it to you in Colossians, that when it says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us, first chapter 13 verse, into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. And the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him, you could rewrite this. I'm not trying to get you to rewrite the Bible, but you can say, it pleased Jesus that in me, all fullness should dwell, right? It's just me letting that fullness take over. Second chapter, eighth verse, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. And he said, in which you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, and it then goes into a semicolon, with him in baptism so when you get baptized in Jesus name it is like you are all of a sudden connecting into his body that's why we are so excited about being buried in you know I'm so glad that I was buried in the name of the Lord the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord and you say well do I need to have be buried in the name of the Lord? I, I think it's important for the oneness. We're not going to read it, but in Matthew, the 16th chapter was where, you remember? Who, who do you think I am? Who do, who do people say that I am? Who, remember? Matthew 16. Oh, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah the prophet, some say, okay, who do you think I am? What did he say? Thou art the Christ, Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He never said, "Thou art Peter, and you have power over the gates of hell." He said, "The body has power." This is why we pray for one another. this' is why we have prayers. Why we have Call names, why we send prayer alerts. And I know some people say, Oh my Lord, I don't know who that is. I get a hundred prayer alerts a week. What we're trying to bring it to the body because we know that there is authority and power in the body, in the church. And I understand. I you know. We request prayer. We have a prayer list. What are we doing? Because we take that on ourselves to say we're trying to do our best to say that we understand the authority of this. Now, the the interesting thing is if you go back into the Old Testament, the Lord was very, very specific (coughs) about the place where his name was. In fact, if you start in the 12th chapter of Deuteronomy, he (laughs) says this, he said, these are the statutes and judgments which you shall observe to do to the Lord, which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you to possess in all the days that you have here on earth. Verse two, you shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations you shall possess, serve their gods, whether it's the high mountains, the hills, or every green tree overthrow their altars, break their pillars, burn their groves, hew down their graven images, destroy the names of them out of that place, you shall not do so unto the Lord your God. Don't you go just anywhere you wanna go. Next verse, he's explaining this, but under the place, the place, <clears throat> which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall you seek, and thither thou shalt come. What was he saying? Is you don't get to just go, and he goes on the next verse, whether it's burnt offerings or sacrifices or tithes or heave offerings, free will offerings, firstly. And I've had people say, oh, I know, I'm supposed to pay my tithes, but you know what, I give to, you know, I give to this charity and I give to that charity and I I volunteer my time to this. And so it's all good. I'm doing it all unto the Lord. I'm sorry, the Lord wasn't that willy-nilly about it in the Old Testament. Goodbye with it, I guess. It's up to you because... You're rewriting the Bible, so do whatever you want. But <laughs> verse 13, let me show you. Take heed to yourself. Twelfth chapter, thirteen verse. That you offer not your burnt offerings in every place that you see, but in the place Which the Lord shall choose in one of my tribes. And he goes all the way through this. You can read it again in the 14th chapter, 23rd verse. You shall eat before the Lord in the place he shall choose to place his name there. Why? That you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. There's something about coming to a building, and I know we're all part of the church. And I'm not saying that, you know, you're not part of the church. If you're not in this church, I'm not, not going there. I'm not saying no other church is going to heaven, not going there. But let me tell you something. There's something about being connected to a church body that is very important because it helps you learn how to fear the Lord. How do you learn how to fear the Lord is just have to sit on the same row with some people and you think, Lord, I need to pray more. Huh? I need to get more of the love of God. I know not us. Everybody here loves everybody because we live in America where if I don't like you, Pastor, I'm going across town, I'm going down the road, I'll start my own little church. Yah, yah, yah. And I, I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at everybody. I can tell you what happened in the Old Testament if you want me just to be real. You know when they quit worshiping in Jerusalem, it was well. Let me let me go there. I'll show you if you want to know. First Kings, twelfth chapter, twenty sixth verse. Remember, Rehoboam. Tells him he's going to increase taxes. Jeroboam said in his heart, the kingdom shall return to the house of David. Verse 27, if this people do sacrifice in the house of the Lord of Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again to their Lord, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam. So the king took counsel, made two calves of gold, and said, it's too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Behold your gods. He didn't he he said he was doing it because they had to travel so far. He didn't love them. He was it was total manipulation and self preservation. I'm gonna save myself. If I, if I let them go there, then they'll start worshiping there and huh? I dare say a lot of churches have, oh, I probably should back out of that one too. I'll say it, but I dare say if you look at the history of so many church splits and so many churches, it goes back feelings getting hurt, selfish problem, anger. Who called you to be the pastor? I'm just as good a pastor as you are, and I know as much as you. In fact, I think I know a little more. Huh? Maybe not in Newark, maybe not in Methodist, Pentecostal, Apostolic. But I'm just going to guess that a lot of them have to do with they weren't there genuinely so people didn't have to travel i know christian apostolic church in Coshocton was started because they tried to make it where people didn't have to drive as far but i would dare say a lot of churches are started that's not for that good motive anyway ephesians sorry we'll go back to ephesians and i'll stop here and <clears throat> i don't i'm sorry i The thing that I want you to understand about this, what I read to you in Kings, do you know how long the children of Israel were able to keep oneness and unity and go to the same temple? Figure it up, somebody. Was the temple built during Saul? Yes or no? No. Was it built during David? No. It was built during who? Solomon. And we read where Solomon's son, and we know Solomon only reigned 40 years, and they had a church split after about, 35 years or however long it took to build the temple. Can you imagine? So let me tell you, it's not a 2023 phenomenon. Huh? Right. <laughs> this is happening all the way. They couldn't keep the unity and the bond of peace because somebody was afraid he's going to lose his power, His authority. Kind of scary, isn't it? I mean, that's why it's such a testimony. Our church has been here over 100 years. That's a great testimony. People are still coming to the same church. In fact, it's miraculous. Huh? You say, well, Pastor, are you saying, I don't think it, I'm just telling you. It doesn't happen. <laughs> They split and got temples, idols, and there was no more unity after that. And yet what are we supposed to be? In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth up unto a holy temple where? In the Lord, go on. In whom you also are built together for a habitation of God. How? Through the Spirit. Go on. Did I give you the next verse? As that was that the last one. In whom we are put together as a habitation for God in the Spirit. What are you saying? In all of this, I'll I'll read you some verses maybe next week in Psalms or maybe the Lord will say you've hammered unity and oneness and all that enough. What what do you want me to understand about this? I want you to understand that the importance of being part of the church. And you say, well, are you saying that yours is the only church? No, but I'm going to tell you, what I've often seen happen is when people, they move this church, they move to that church, they move to this church, and they never really connect with a body. Oh, they have buddies, and they have friends, and they have people that they can hang with, but they are not there in the altar, not there with the program, not there with, what, what can we do? They date the church. They're not interested in getting married to the church. I don't want the church up in my business. I don't want the preacher knowing all the time. I'll date. And as long as, you know, as long as you worship good, I'll date you. It's kind of like saying, as long as you kiss good, I'll date you. But I don't want any commitment. I don't. I don't want to marry you. I don't want. I don't, I don't want. I don't want to have to support you. I don't want you to have to ask me to do anything. I don't want. I, <laughs> you know. I want to be able to say good night. <laughs> and if I call you, great. I call you. If I don't, please do not call me and don't track me down. I hate it when you just take them out for a few times and then they think they wanna talk to you all the time. Huh? Oh God, help us. That's not what oneness and, uh, huh? We're supposed to be part of the body. (laughs) I just can't imagine my right hand saying, now, as long as you don't do anything crazy I'll go with you today. But now that hammer you picked up yesterday, we're not going there today. And don't even think about that shovel because that, that ain't happening. Huh? Woo. I'm going to go. What's wrong with my body? We are supposed to be the fullness of the Lord. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Oh, Praise God. trying to preach at tonight. Well, let me tell you who it was. This one right here. I'm part of the body. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for his word.